For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. to a brand new edition of Over the Line, Andrew McLean with you yet again. It's a little bit of a, a different uh, scenario for me. You can probably tell the difference in my voice as we are starting to do these podcasts a little earlier in the day. I'm going to try to do them in the morning, get them posted, and then by that afternoon you'll be able to Listen to them, watch them on your way home from work or whatever, whenever you want to watch them. So many of y'all go through and um, you, you you go like a week without watching or listening to the podcast. Then you cram them all in like a five-hour period, which is fine if that's what you want to do. Use this however you would like. Uh, but here we go. It's Monday, September 14th. 2020 and it's been an exciting weekend an exciting week uh we actually put out a podcast last night if you have not heard it the only only version that is available right now is if you go to the the audio podcast which it would be uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, any of that, and listen to it. We had the video up on YouTube, and it was uh, we were excited about it. We felt like it looked good. It got you all the visual stuff you needed. And as soon as we posted it, YouTube's like, "Yeah, we've blocked this video." But they didn't just say we blocked this video. They said we blocked this video worldwide, which stung a little more. You know, I would have felt better if. YouTube would have just blocked it in in the U.S. and then maybe we could reach out to some of the people in Hong Kong or North Korea. But no, they blocked it worldwide. And so here we are with no YouTube video 
of uh, our review of Cuties, which was uh, Trish and I. Were, we we did that podcast together. We were very excited about it. Trish in studio now. Trish, how are you this fine day? I'm good. How are you doing? Um, I'm, uh, I'm all right, I guess. Oh, you sent me a Trump Pence yard sign. $10. We going to get these? A minimum of four. Oh, you got to buy four of them. So it's not $10, it's $40. Right. It's a big difference. Anyway, um, I wanted to bring you in for a moment and kind of discuss last night. You and I were, I mean, really, we, we fought before the, the podcast because you were taking forever to get ready. We didn't fight. Well, we fought before this podcast. Because <laughs> I'm in here with my sleeveless Hulkamania shirt. I'm about to click the record button. And she's like, you're not going to wear that, are you? And I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. Why, why can't I wear this? Because you look like a redneck. You look like a hillbilly. Get a regular shirt on. And I'm like, here, listen, <laughs> listen. Here's the deal. I don't want to look like everybody else on YouTube. I don't want to look like every other amateur you know, a, a talk show host on YouTube. I want I want to look like the average guy. So when y'all click on it, you're like, oh, that guy looks like me. Uh, I wonder what he's got to say. I can probably relate. Because I can relate with how this guy looks. He looks disheveled. He looks like he just woke up on the side of the road. And that's me. That's my life. That shirt was so wrinkled, it looked like you had just taken it out of the laundry pile. Oy vey. Well, <laughs> I changed my shirt, okay? For this podcast, um, if I didn't need you in here for the beginning of the podcast, none of that would have ever happened, and I would still have my Hulkamania shirt on. Lesson learned. But whatever. Um, so last night, we did this podcast. It was our version of uh, a review of the Cuties movie, and for people that have not heard the show yet, we watched it. Uh, you watched it twice. Yes. I, I watched portions of it and then sat down and watched, for the most part, watched the whole thing. And so, there's so many people out there that are canceling Netflix without seeing the movie. And we don't want to say those people are, are wrong in canceling their Netflix. But we wanted to at least give them some insight with a review. And so, they can feel, if anything, justified in, in canceling their Netflix account and... Um, because of that, as I stated a moment ago, who is ringing our doorbell? What is this? <laughs> and we have the most obnoxious Can doorbell. I... <laughs> Hold on. Wait a minute. Who is this? Oh, it's a white van. Oh, I bet it's my Amazon package. Let's see. I ordered uh, tile paint. I'm going to oh paint the bathroom god. today. Oh my god. <laughs> Are they. I'm watching. Uh, they went back in their van. We don't have to sign for it or anything. So ridiculous, man. It was the same way when we were broadcasting uh, with 99.5 here. It's always something. The dogs are barking. Doorbells ringing. People that hadn't shown up in 10 years all of a sudden at our front door. <laughs> anyway. So, where was I at? Um, so, we were all excited about it. Uh, we posted it. And as I, as I said earlier... Once we got it loaded last night, which was like nine ten o'clock, it was pretty late. Um, 
YouTube informed us, hey, we've blocked this worldwide. And it was, you know, normally I, I get in trouble. I'm not at the point of monetization on the YouTube channel yet, so I'm still kind of in that stage of doing what I want to do as far as using our original um, uh, intro music and all that kind of stuff because at some point, it, if we start making money off this channel, this YouTube channel, I'm probably going to have to go with a different intro because I'm constantly getting messages from YouTube of, hey, uh, you've got a copyright um, infringement or whatever they call it. It's not a strike, but they're like, hey, you know, you, you're using somebody else's music. You don't have permission, blah, blah, blah. But I just I just roll with it. It's on every video, and they don't, they don't shut any of those videos down, but all of a sudden we play a, a few short, very short clips, four of them, of the Cuties movie, we show the images of the movie poster and how it changed over time. And as soon as it uploads, they, they send me the message and they're like, hey, we blocked your video. Didn't, didn't even have time for one person to click on it and watch it. Now, we still have the video. I just don't know where to put it. And it's, it's even on the YouTube channel. So as long as you're logged into the Over the Line account, you can still watch the unedited video of what we did last night but obviously i'm not going to give everybody my username and password so they can watch it but it just sucks we're just gonna have to blur out the images and youtube's got a way to do that the problem is, is i'm just not smart enough to to go through and you know uh, do that stuff i tried to do it before this show and it's so freaking complicated. Maybe you can look at it and figure it out, but it's, you know, I, I feel like you're better editing this stuff than I am. I'm good with um, editing audio, but as far as the video stuff, it's a nightmare for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Did you get a message from, from Amazon? Amazon saying her package was just delivered. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that, Amber. Thanks, Jeff Bezos, for well, you know ruining the podcast. What's funny about that is they typically will just leave the box without ringing the doorbell. Yeah, and then it sits there for two days because we've forgotten that we ordered something. Well, and there's ringing the doorbell is a double-edged sword because it's like you know, one like in our house, the dogs go nuts and it's so obnoxious when somebody rings the doorbell. But you're right at the same time. They're ringing the doorbell to let you know you got your package outside okay. so it's not sitting out there forever. Um, but if they're going to send us a message, then you don't have to ring the doorbell. I appreciate the doorbell. I don't. Just not during the show. Don't. That lady is lucky I didn't yell out the window at her. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're doing a podcast in here. <sighs> anyway, um, but yeah, I wanted to bring you in just for a minute at the beginning of the show to to explain for those people because I've gotten numerous messages from people about why why can't I see this on YouTube? Because I made the mistake of while it was uploading to go ahead and post on social media, hey, new video up, y'all go check it out, and then I had to turn around and delete all of it. So it's it's available. The audio version's available uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can go listen to it there. Make sure you share it with your friends and your family and all that stuff. Especially if you have had conversations with your friends and family about uh, the the movie Cuties and canceling your Netflix. Did you ever put a poll up on your page about it? Uh, no, I don't guess so. I what, think you should. What was the poll supposed to be? Just how people get their opinions on it. Yeah. I mean, somebody likes it. Well, I've, I've seen, I mean, just judging from my timeline, 
I would say it's about 90% cancel Netflix and 10% defending defending Netflix or defending the movie. Not to say that they like the movie or you want to promote the movie, but it it's more of a it's identity politics in my opinion but it's people that think they have this moral authority to point out the hypocrisy of people that cancel their netflix but they're the same kind of people that do this on every issue right if an issue gets popular like cancel netflix somebody's all over it they're like oh you but you didn't cancel this you didn't do it shut up yeah just shut up so anyway, all right, Trish. I appreciate you, ma'am. I don't feel like I did anything. You did. You uh, you came in here. You explained how you uh, forced me to change my clothes, <laughs> as if uh, my you guys mom, are welcome. <laughs> my mom is chewing me out on the first day of school because I'm trying to wear an inappropriate shirt. And uh, but the moral of the story is, I changed. Well, pretty soon you're not going to have any regular shirts. You've cut the sleeves out of just about all of your shirts. Well, sometimes. Sometimes you make decisions on the fly that benefit you at the time, but then later they don't work out. Um, There's a reason we cannot find scissors in this house. Well, and the thing is, like, if I cut grass, I don't want sleeves when I cut grass. But also, the sleeves double as a headband because I can put them over my head and keep the sweat out of my eyes. So, are we actually dealing with a situation where you want a matching headband now? That's why you're cutting the new shirts? Yeah, cause because if, you have plenty of sleeveless shirts that you could choose to cut grass. Well, absolutely. If you've got a blue shirt, <laughs> it's obviously got blue oh sleeves. God. And if you cut the blue sleeves off, then you got a matching headband. You see what I'm saying? I just realized you're actually serious. That's what it's about. Yeah. You get to, uh, you get to match your wardrobe. You guys, he asked me if I had a headband that he could wear yesterday, and I don't wear it. I just want to look like, I mean, it's it's a cool look, first of all, but second of all, it keeps the sweat out of your eyes. Wow. I look like I'm uh, from the 80s music video, Let's Get Physical. Let's get physical, physical. You're slightly OCD. I've noticed like you have to have your hat matching your shirt, and your undershirt has to be perfectly even around the neckline of your shirt. I've noticed that. So now we've got a matching headband situation. Well, or- yeah. I mean, I, that's <laughs> oh, that's something I've always dealt with where, you know, if I wear the undershirt and it's got to be perfectly even around the neck. Yeah, I've noticed that. Because it looks gross. I mean, it's like people that, it's like fat people that wear shirts where the neck is way too big, especially guys, and it's all like hanging down here. And it's like, you just look like a slob, dude. But you want to wear a sleeveless shirt that's got a thousand wrinkles in it. Absolutely, as long as the neck looks all right. <laughs> This is me out cutting grass. You know, imagine me with a, a self-propelled push mower. <laughs> pulling, pulling the string on that bad boy. With this music playing in the background. Just imagine it. Now YouTube's going to ban this video. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to go back to lives on Facebook. Absolutely. They're like, you're playing more copyright music. We're shutting your video down. All right, babe. I'll let you get back to it. Anyway, love you long time. Love you too, babe. Thanks thanks for coming in and uh, (laughs) explaining all that. 
I don't. I didn't even know what I was going to talk about today. I just, I kind of wanted to do this podcast and explain to everybody that uh, as to what happened last night with uh, with the podcast. Now we're still going to work on that because my ultimate goal is to still have that video up because I feel like it's going to uh, really help you guys uh, get an idea of why you've canceled your Netflix. And even if you never see portions of this movie that's fine too i mean you can take my word on it you're not in the wrong for canceling your netflix uh most of it is a decision a conscious decision for a lot of you guys where you're just like i just don't want to support it i i I know enough about it to say you know i'm not paying netflix ten dollars a month or whatever it is to uh to support such trash, such sexualization of children. Because there's a line that uh, people have. They, they draw a line, and it usually is somewhere around the, the issue or the topic of children. Uh, most of us are that way, especially those of us that have children. So, uh, anyway, a lot of stuff happening over the weekend. Um, issues that I, I may have to just touch on throughout the week, uh, but... You've got the situation of the L.A. sheriffs that were um, uh, that were shot and critically injured, which then devolved into chaos when it went the route of Black Lives Matter protesters blocking the emergency entrance, which was absolutely disgusting. Now, I was able to keep up with some of this via the L.A. L.A. County sheriffs twitter page and i'm going to pull this up for those of you watching it on um on the youtube let me make sure we got what we need here okay let's move over here and we've got uh the la county sheriffs they uh posted this two days ago so moments ago two of our sheriff's deputies were shot in compton and were transported to a local hospital they are both still fighting for their lives now again two days ago so please keep them in your thoughts and your prayers. We will update this thread with information as it becomes available. And then they come back and they say, update. One male deputy and one female deputy were ambushed as they sat in their patrol vehicle. Both sustained multiple gunshot wounds and are in critical condition. They are both currently undergoing surgery and the suspect is still at large. Then they posted an update. The gunman walked up on deputies and opened fire without warning or provocation. Now here's the video. For those of you watching, if you have not seen the uh, the actual footage, this is on a on a loop here. But you can see, um, this is actually on a cell phone. But there's the suspect. Just walks up, points a gun in the window, starts blasting, and then runs away. The officer in the passenger seat was able to, um, I, I guess, open. Open the the car door, the patrol car door, and, and and get out. The video doesn't go that far to see what happens next, but uh, absolutely sickening and disturbing. And that's where it devolves into more chaos. Where uh, they tweeted out again that um, they're holding a press conference to discuss the ambush. Then they said. Uh, they started addressing the protesters because this is where they ran into that problem. And I, I don't have video of the, the protesters, but I can probably find it. To the protesters blocking the entrance and exit of the hospital emergency room yelling, quote, we hope they die, referring to two L.A. sheriffs ambushed today in Compton 
Do not block emergency entries and exits into the hospital. People's lives are at risk and uh, are, are at stake when ambulances can't get through. Uh, they said uh, the Century Sheriff Station Watch Commander reports the following after deputies issued a dispersal order for the unlawful assembly of a group of protesters blocking the hospital emergency entrance and exits. A male adult protester refused to comply and cooperate. During his arrest, a struggle ensued, at which time a female adult ran towards the deputies, ignored repeated commands to stay back as they struggled with the male and interfered with the arrest. The female adult, who was later identified as a member of the press, and I found out who this lady was, she works for an, an NPR station out in L.A. And, and first of all, when you think NPR, you think about cool, calm, collected uh, people that have a very low, uh, <laughs> that talk very quietly, okay? Um, not somebody that would interfere in police activity, but here we go. Um, she did not identify herself as a press and later admitted she did not have proper press credentials on her person. Both individuals have been arrested for 148 PC, which I guess is the law there in, uh, in LA, whatever. I don't know what that law reads, but, um, you know, it's common sense that if you interfere with an arrest, you will, um, you'll get the business from, from the police. Josie Hyung is her name. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right. I don't really care if I am or not. She says, hi all. I'm out of county jail and headed home. Thank you for caring. I've seen the LA SDHQ tweets and have thoughts and videos to share soon after a little rest. Now, I'm going to click her profile here and we're going to see uh, what exactly she has on this front. Um, uh, she says, I'm going to go through her timeline here because this is the first time I've looked at her, her Twitter timeline since... That initial arrest. Hi, all. I'm out of county jail, so there's that. She says, somehow I was able to start a new video right away. You see my phone clatter to the ground, and I start shouting, I'm a reporter. I'm with KPCC. I scream for help from the TV reporters I know are around the corner doing their 11 p.m. live hit. So let's get... Uh, I don't know what the language is like on this video, but I'm going to play it for you. So uh, beware if you got little ears around. Check this out. These little mealing about the reporters here. <laughs> she's she's screaming. Okay, now in the video you can't see anything. At this point, her cell phone's laying on the ground, just facing straight up. But she's screaming, and chances are, this 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 scream, this 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 screech she's letting out that probably is uh you know because of some sort of uh, pain she's going through, and I use that in, in quotations, is is probably just a matter of her getting her hands put behind her back where they're putting the cuffs on because she's interfering with an arrest, okay? Um, reporters are not, and, and I've got friends that are reporters, so don't take this the wrong way. I'm not talking about the people I, I, I know or consider friends in any shape or form, but a lot of these reporters are 
really scrawny, just, you know, they're, they're very fragile, I guess we can say. You know, they're, they're not... They're not the kids that um, won any 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 fights in high school. I, mean, I guess that's the best way of putting it. But she posted more video. She said, here's more of the video. The Zoom is still on. I saw the commotion ahead of me. Deputies rushed one man and chased another. I was filming an arrest when suddenly deputies shout back up. Within seconds, I was shoved to the ground. There was nowhere to back up. So let's see how this transpired. Again, first time I'm seeing this. So maybe, just maybe, I'm in the wrong in my assessment because I don't have all the facts. Let's see what happened. Okay, and that's where the that's where the video ends. Um, let's see if she's got more. She didn't. She said within seconds she was being arrested, and she obviously didn't have that portion of uh, the video on there for whatever reason. But here's the thing, and this is this is my thought process as as if I'm there in the situation. What I'm going to be thinking as a reporter. We have officers who are dealing with the worst scum on the planet that are blocking the emergency entrance of a hospital where they're trying to get our brother and our sister who had just been shot point blank for no other reason that they, than they were a police officer. We've got these jabronis blocking the entrance, putting their lives even at further risk and shouting, we hope they die. Okay? I, 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 as a police officer, you're already in that mindset. Okay? You, you, it, it's, it's something that most of us can't even fathom having to go through, first of all. Those of us that aren't police officers or law enforcement. But that's got to have you in a very strained mindset. And so if I'm a reporter, I'm at least... I've at least got that thought in the back of my mind, and I'm not going to be going up there getting all in their business. For those of you on YouTube, you saw how she just kept approaching the arrest. Like, is there is there a certain camera angle that you think you can get that's going to be more important than you just stand where you were? Like, you're not you're not going to be seeing anything different by getting up in the middle of that. You have to know that's a bad idea, and then when you get tackled and arrested. You're getting exactly what you deserve. I go on, uh, let's see where I'm at on this Twitter timeline. This is where she said uh, she was filming. Suddenly, deputy shouted back up. Within seconds, I was getting shoved around. There was nowhere to back up. The next tweet, I texted videos to editors when I looked up from my phone. The small group of men had dispersed, and deputies were following at least one man down the street, I walked behind using the zoom on my camera so I could keep physical distance. See, she's not, she's not worried about the situation at hand. And, and this is what I'm taking from it. Maybe I'm wrong. 
it seems like she's probably more concerned about social distancing and coronavirus than she is the fact that two officers are, are dying because they were shot at point-blank range and there's people blocking the emergency entrance. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but she that was her next tweet. Doesn't seem like there's anything there. I'm just, I'm really looking for this claim, a video of this claim where she was uh, arrested within seconds of them telling her to back up because that's, it wouldn't be a very important part of the story. I mean, if you're trying to uh, justify your actions and, and, and condemn the police for what they did, a handful of men were on the sidewalk, a couple of men were carrying large flags. Others were filming deputies and taunting them. One deputy pointed a weapon at the protesters. Ooh, bad cop. I started filming on my phone, standing off to the side. No one took issue with me being there. I'm not going to play that video because I can almost guarantee it's got salty language. After the press conference, I went to my car in the hospital garage and was tying things up on the phone with one of my editors it was almost 11 p.m then i heard loud shouting outside the garage so i went to check things out i had uh i had on a lanyard around my neck with a press id and then she says i was at saint francis medical center last night covering a press conference blah 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 one of the deputies is a mom of a six-year-old. I felt my chest tightening thinking about the little boy. Uh, now she's trying to um, play the sympathy card with the officers that had been shot. Um, here's the thing. I, I don't know this reporter. I don't. I don't know anything about her. I, I just happened to come across her Twitter account last night as I was looking into the situation. And... It seems, and she may be a great reporter, good at her job, and, and did and nothing wrong, but she's making it seem here as if the, the officers, up until this last tweet, she shows a lot of sympathy, but she seems to make the officer, make it seem as if the officers are in the wrong. She points out that she had her lanyard on with her press credentials You when you work for a radio station or a TV station or whatever. Uh, a lot of them will provide you with some sort of uh, press pass, press ID, so you can identify yourself when you're out in situations like this. The police are claiming she did not have any of that information on her person. Otherwise, they would have probably just physically moved her instead of taking her to jail. But in that situation, these cops got no other choice. If you're going to be up in the mix, they're already dealing with a hostile crowd, people that are supporting some other people that just shot cops in an attempt to murder them. Okay? The cops are on edge. They're on edge. And, and if you're going to report on these situations and you're going to be on the scene, you're going to have to understand that. Yes, these people are cops and they need to be perfect at their job. They, they have no wiggle room for error, but they're also human beings with emotions that any of us would deal with if our brothers or sisters were going through what theirs are right now. So I wouldn't expect anything less from the media, especially out in a place like L.A. I mean, you can imagine the uh, the NPR station in Los Angeles is not necessarily your uh, down-the-middle, calling-it-like-it-is news reporting. It's, I'm sure, very left-leaning. Most NPR stations are. 
there's no secret it's a government funded government funded deal and not to mention 95% of media is all left leaning so that's a that's a thing but just a terrible terrible situation last night and or over the weekend should i say uh with this shooting and uh with what's transpired at some point y'all at some point things are going to break and that may be after a re-election of Donald Trump because there's no way in no universe are, are you going to be able to convince me that this violence and this chaos in the street is benefiting Joe Biden or being detrimental to Donald Trump. The left is trying to say, well, Donald Trump's president. This is Trump's America. Completely ignoring the point that this is not happening in conservative or Republican cities or states. This is all happening in liberal assholes. Every single instance. Okay? That's that's not on Donald Trump. If anything, Donald Trump is being kept out of those places. And that's why chaos continues to reign. It's just like Portland. When Donald Trump calls day after day, or the White House calls day after day and says, Hey, is, is today the day you're going to let us send in the National Guard? Because we can get this handled in a matter of 30 minutes, and it'll be over. You're going on 80, 90, 100 days in a row of, of protests that are burning down your city. All you got to do is let us uh, allow us to come in there, and it's handled, and that's it. But they won't do it. Because they would rather let their city burn and, and, and use it to be able to get Trump out of office more so than they even care about their own people, their own citizens. And it's a sad situation. But most Americans, most Americans see this and they don't think, oh, well, if we get Joe Biden in office, then it's going gonna, it's gonna to help calm this down. There, there's an article. Let me see if I can find this real quick. Um, hold on here. It's from the Atlantic. It's an op-ed. But it's from the Atlantic. And the headline says... I'm trying to get this pulled up for you guys so I can... Uh, so I can give you the actual... I don't know where it's at. Who sent that to me? Somebody sent that to me. And now I can't figure out. Um, uh, I don't know where it's at. Anyway, somebody sent me an article and it was um it was an op-ed pleading with Republicans to allow Joe Biden to win because if he doesn't, this violence is just going to continue and only get worse. That if you don't allow Joe Biden to win, that this is only going to continue. And it's uh, it's an absurd thought process, first of all. Nobody's going to buy that. The violence is pushing people further and further towards voting for Donald Trump. And it's going to continue in that direction. Now, people hammer me all the time. Trump supporters, Republicans, whatever. They say, Andrew, you don't don't get on there and say that. Don't say that Trump's going to win. People are going to get waxed. They're going to be like, ah, well, I mean, Trump's winning. Andrew said so. I don't need to go vote. No. 
You need to go vote because you want to be a part of this historic moment. Casting your vote in 2020 for Donald J. Trump is going to be something you tell your grandkids about. Because it is going to be your small part in saving America. Because we're on the brink right now. We are as close to anarchy as we've ever been as a country. And your vote is going to be your part in saving this country and saving this democracy. So you want to do it for sentimental reasons, but you also want to do it to give back. This is your giving back to a country that has given so much to you. Joe Biden's out over the weekend. I think he said this yesterday. He's doubling down on his gun control policy, saying that if he's president, he's going to ban assault rifles and high-capacity magazines. Now, the left, liberals, Democrats, they don't ever define what any of that means. And they, they don't define it because, one, they can't define it, but, two, they want to leave that definition open so they can grab as many guns as possible. They'll say, they'll say we, we want to ban assault rifles. Well, what's, what's an assault rifle? Well, it's like a machine gun, you know, a semi-automatic machine gun. Well, a semi-automatic, I mean, that could be a pistol, a handgun. Well, you know, I mean, semi-automatic, semi-fully automatic. We just need to ban all of those. They're, I mean, let's, semi-automatic, that's how scary that word is. I mean, a semi-automatic weapon can fire 26 rounds a second. That's that's this the route they go. That's and so Joe Biden putting this out there while people across the country, whether it's middle America or people living in a big city or whatever, or living in the suburbs, they're seeing these protests that for the most part in the past have been confined to liberal cities and within the inner city are now making their way to smaller towns. These protests are now making their way to the suburbs. We saw what happened in St. Louis in that upscale community. They busted down the fence, and then we had the controversy with that McClowski family out there holding their firearms, letting the protesters know, hey, don't don't take a step on our property. You've got that mixed with some of the most well-known people in entertainment and in sports speaking out in support of these people and it's making your average Americans who decide elections very nervous. The people that swing elections are independent voters. People that can go one way or another, right? People that are usually undecided until they're within a couple of weeks of election day. Independent voters are not going to go for this. They may not like Trump. But they're making it very easy. The left is making it very easy for those people to vote for Trump. And that's on the back of Democrats, liberals, Black Lives Matter, the NFL, the NBA, all of them. They're pushing people in that direction. And they don't even realize it. They think they're standing on some moral high ground in, in, in the name of social and racial justice when really, really, they're promoting... The very thing they claim to be against, which is the orange man. Now, the orange man, 
will be the one to bring racial justice. The orange man will be the one to make sure law and order reign supreme and people are safe. Black, white, indifferent, whatever. But they think, they think justice looks like something completely different. Their perception of everything is twisted. You look at the NFL, where people have the names of, of, of rapists like Jacob Blake on their helmets, on their jerseys. Can you imagine, just take yourself back 10 years ago, and somebody came from the future and said, hey, in 10 years from now, NFL players will be supporting rapists by putting their name on their jerseys. You're like, dude, are you crazy? <laughs> That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. And then you know, the next thing you know, it's 2020 and it's actually happening. That's where we're at. And you can go instance by instance. And there are people, white and black, male, female, Hispanic, whatever, that you can find that have been killed because of a bad decision by police. M- maybe not even killed, just beat to hell and back. Just beat with an inch of their life by police when when turns out they didn't do anything wrong or at least didn't do anything to deserve that. There's plenty of people, plenty of cases out there that you can stand up for if police brutality is the issue of your time. If it's the one you want to dedicate your life to. But the ones you're picking, the Jacob Blakes, the Michael Browns, these guys, these, these situations, these instances are not the ones, not the hill you want to die on. You don't want to die arguing for a guy that literally raped his ex-girlfriend before he was shot by police. You don't. You even look at situations like Breonna Taylor I was talking about this yesterday. The facts are starting to come out a little late. It took a while. But the facts are starting to come out in the Breonna Taylor case where we're finding out that she was very involved with her drug-dealing boyfriend. Now, the family tried to say, oh, no, they've been broke up for a long time. She don't have anything to do with him. Even though when police raided the house and she was shot, she was living with him. But now we're finding out that there are multiple, and I'm talking about 10, 20, 30 phone calls between this boyfriend and Brianna Taylor setting up drug deals, moving money around, and doing some very shady stuff. It's on tape, okay? Now, I don't think people need to die for dealing drugs. But also, you know just as well as any other drug dealer knows that if you're in that game, your chances of being shot and killed are dramatically higher than somebody that just works at a you know Pepsi bottling company or a warehouse. You know, if you're dealing drugs with your boyfriend, there's always a possibility police are going to kick in your door. And that if your boyfriend then starts shooting back at police and you're in the house, you may be caught in the crossfire. Again, sucks that she died. I wish she wouldn't have. I would much rather Breonna Taylor be sitting in jail serving her term for her, for her her role in the dealing of drugs 
than to be dead right now. Because if she would have simply been arrested and put in jail for dealing drugs, we'd have never even heard the name Breonna Taylor. Nobody would care about her. She'd just be another black person that got locked up. Now, you may eventually hear about her since Donald Trump is starting to reverse some of these stiff penalties for nonviolent crimes, but the media wouldn't report on it. But the point is, there's always more to the story. And, and to see the NFL and the NBA literally ruin their, their, their respective leagues by promoting such nonsense and hurting the issue they claim to care so much about instead of going a different route and trying to highlight real instances of innocent people being killed, they do this. They go down, and it's almost, it's a situation where you feel like these people, they live in a bubble. So they hear this over here, and then they hear that over there. They get a little bit of information here or there, and then they form their opinion. Unlike the rest of us who sit here and watch all of this unfold. We want to know the facts. We want to hear, but everything is just black and white. There's never... There's never any gray area for these people. And unfortunately, there's been some respective people that have fallen victim to it. The the biggest one I can think of right now is Drew Brees, who just a short couple months ago talked about how he would never kneel for the flag, kneel for the national anthem, because of what that flag means to him. What it means when he sees that and he thinks about his, his father and his grandfather fighting for the freedoms that we enjoy today. He went from that to apologizing for not wanting to kneel for the flag to wearing the name of a rapist on his helmet in a matter of months. So I went from having a whole lot of respect for Drew Brees to seeing him as nothing more than a weak spineless pawn in this political game. Within the next day or two, we're going to get the ratings for the NFL. You know, they they had their first first official um, week of the season over the weekend. They played yesterday, and then I think there's two games tonight, Monday night, September 14th. Um... I've already seen some of the ratings. I think Sunday night football was down 30%. They were so woke, they're down 30%. And that 30% is a big hit because when it comes to week one, that's when your fan base is the most excited outside of the end of the season, when you're getting to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. People are excited because they've gone eight months without football, right? Everybody's excited to watch. So for them to take a 30% hit up front, and and that's just assuming it's not worse once we get the actual ratings in, it's not good. And it's only going to get worse the more this business goes on. I I saw on um, on Twitter, and, and I hate this too because I'm a, I'm a big Chiefs fan. I love the NFL. I miss watching the NFL. I actually went through the NFL's Instagram and watched highlights before I started this show because I was genuinely curious as to what happened yesterday with all the games. 
I wanted to see the big plays, the one-handed catches, the sacks. And so I watched it for a minute, and it just made me sad because it made me realize that I'm not going to be watching the NFL, and I'm going to miss it. But it is much more important for me to not support those who support the worst kind of criminals, who support rapists, and support disrespecting our flag. Just a mere two days after we celebrated the 19th anniversary of 9-11, we've got people kneeling for the national anthem. Here's a photo of the entire Washington Redskins, or whatever we call them now. Can we not even call them the Redskins? The entire Washington team kneeling before their game. The entire team. You know what kneeling is? Kneeling is a sign of defeat. Kneeling is showing your opponent... You are superior, and you are now my God. You kneel before your God. So the kneeling is a much deeper thing than I think a lot of people realize. So this kneeling, who are they kneeling to? Who is their God? You guessed it. Black Lives Matter. The domestic terrorist organization, Black Lives Matter. That's who they're kneeling to. That's who Drew Brees is now kneeling to. And everybody else that has given up what they actually believed in. What they held near and dear to their heart. They gave it up in order to bow down to Black Lives Matter. But enjoy it while it lasts, because everything you've worked for, everything you've spent your entire life, your blood, sweat, and tears on, it's about to be gone in an instant. Because this country is still made up of a whole lot of people that love this country, that appreciate the freedoms we have and the people that died to preserve those freedoms. And it's full of people that know we don't live in a racist system. We don't have a racist justice system. Did we at one time? Of course we did. When people like Joe Biden were calling the shots and making the laws on how we dealt with criminals. But cops... Police, police departments calling what they do institutional racism or systematic racism? It's not happening. We have the most diverse police force, every police force across the country. Just pick a city. You're going to see diversity in every one, and, and not just because of the color of their skin, but their backgrounds, where they're from, how they grew up. That's the real diversity. That's it for this episode of Over the Line. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. And if we can uh, get around the 
YouTube loopholes, we'll get you some videos up there as well. Make sure you share this show with everybody you know. And until next time, see you, Cole.